This week, we discuss the last round of rumors before Apple's September 9th event and a possible step into the living room gaming. And we give our wish list for this year's Apple product pipeline. It's episode 18 of Magnificent. I'm Ian Fuchs, and with me this week, MacTrust.com senior editor Chris Howe, and back from managerial hell, Mr. J. Glenn Kunzler. Hey, guys. Hey, how's everybody doing? I'm doing well. Is Glenn doing? Is, did we lose Glenn? Did he slide back into managerial hell? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm surviving. I'm alive. I'm, I'm going to slide back into it soon enough. Who is the hell? Which end gets the hell? You or the employees? Yeah, you know, a fair bit of each, and uh, some of it goes up the chain, too. Shit rolls uphill. You push it hard enough. Uh, well, it's more like it gets uh, it gets spewed uphill. That's uh, you know Ooh. Mexican food. Too much time at the food court. You you put it in a t-shirt cannon and you can shoot anything uphill. <laughs> <laughs> I will remember that the next battle. <laughs> I want a t-shirt cannon. Just <laughs> I just shoot my clothes across the house like when I'm doing laundry. Load every shirt into the washer. Just used to like have them. a ten. Used to have a tennis ball cannon. Same thing. Yeah, well, it involved lighter fluid though, so that was fun. Oh, one of those safe yeah. things. Yeah, the things us kids played with back in the sixties. It still survived. I made a tennis ball gun once. It lasted, I think, one shot. <laughs> that was a good one. And it's probably before video, wasn't it? It was. Uh, or video cameras. It was definitely before cell phones. Oh man. Or before kids had cell phones, at least. I, I am so thankful they didn't have cell phones when I was a kid or cell phone video. Holy crap. Yep. So Glenn, how are things with you? I know you've had a semi stressful past week. Oh, they're they're good now. It's 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 uh it's nice. Manager's back in town, which is sweet. <laughs> For a week. <laughs> For a week. <laughs> And I, I assume you guys are going to see all kinds of upticks in traffic in the next couple of weeks, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you, probably mostly just from questions of that. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to answer some of those questions follow or post-Wednesday's event. Because um, I know I'm going to get some of it, too. Already thinking ahead. I'm like, I know coworkers are going to come and be like, hey, what's what did Apple announce? What's new? What's changed? What's different? Why should I get the new thing so um i know there have been a lot of crazy obnoxious rumors this past week any uh any really good ones you guys have seen hmm. no there's a fairly new one about the uh, ipad pro which uh i thought was especially interesting uh considering the reliability of the source 9 to 5 max smart german uh, presumably, the ability to run two full-sized apps side-by-side side rather than scaling them, which is a feature that iOS 9 will bring to just about any iPad. Um, that alone is, is pretty pretty awesome. Now, I think, and this is the way I understood it, was you basically get two portrait apps when the iPad is in landscape. Is that right? That's it, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. And I think they had said that when they had guesstimated the resolution of the iPad. They basically said that it was two i like two iPad Airs side by side basically. I'm wondering what the processing power is gonna need to be to to run that. That's gonna have to be a hell of a hell of a processor if it can push two full apps. And yeah, so we're looking at least at an A nine X 
Now, isn't it going to be going to have uh, the base model supposed to be 64 gigabytes of storage? Is that right? Yeah, that's what they're saying, which is a pretty far jump from uh, from the typical 16. Of course, if it's um, if it's going to be running software like that, it's, it's mm-hmm. probably got to have some pretty intense size restrictions. Yeah. Um, that the clientele that are going to use a device like that are probably going to require a little bit more storage allotments. Yeah, 16 gig definitely won't make it for the business. I think you're also going to see a lot of... Uh, larger because the resolution of the device is bigger in theory some of your elements you need to make the os look right need to be larger so the os itself is going to eat up more space mm-hmm. and like we talked about last week on a, with the 16 gig iphone you only get like 11 gigs after ios is installed on it so imagine that on a device significantly larger what you're going to get like four gigs of actual usable space after you put the os on it right yeah right right so here's what I'm wondering. What's this going to do for the 12-inch MacBook that it seems like Apple just released? This this seems to spit directly in its face. It's 13 inches. This is where that whole iOS versus OS X thing really comes into play. I think that the the MacBook... I still think the MacBook was a... Here's what we're going to do to the air. Kind of like a forewarning release it as the MacBook, and then shift some of those design things into the Air. Keep it as the Air. Because it doesn't make sense to me to have that one singular MacBook sitting between the Air and the Pro when it's less powerful than some of the Airs. Yeah. True. That's an event down the road, I think, where we find out what happens there. Here's the thing. I don't really think it is less powerful because it's it's trading one thing for another, right? So the processor itself is a bit of a downstep. But the fact that it has twice as much system memory by default, in my book, that makes it a more powerful device overall, because memory is far more likely to be capped by a typical user than processor. I suppose that's true. I don't know. Just I just know from all a lot of the reviews I read and stuff like that, it seems to be people think it's underpowered comparatively yeah. to. Hmm. But that could be the... I'm looking at the spec sheet, and it says that it's underpowered. So it's underpowered. Right. <laughs> so I I don't know. I've I've used one in store briefly. I didn't think it seemed like it had any issues, but I wasn't doing anything heavy with it. And I know when I like when I'm editing the podcast and I'm running logic and stuff like that, that my Mac tends to heat up and get a little fan crazy on a thirteen inch retina. So I know that I could use more processor and more RAM and it would probably push along a little better. But that computer's not designed for somebody who's doing audio editing or video editing. It's designed for somebody who wants a computer to browse the web and do that stuff. Which I, I have a, another theory about the Mac and how the Mac will regain sales. But we'll get to that when we start talking about Apple TV. That's what's known as a teaser, kids. Yeah. Stick around. Something good coming up. So uh, iPhone, since this is kind of the iPhone event, typically. iPhone reviews that you guys have seen? Anything overly questionable anything excite you uh, i'm really i really do want to see how the, the uh this 3d touch force touch interface is supposed to work i think that's going to be interesting to see if nine to five mac is and they usually are if they're uh, dead on about what uh what's how it's going to work i'm pretty interested in how well it's actually going to handle 4k recording because um, that could be a really big deal so for me the uh 
I was reading through some of this stuff about this force touch 3D stuff or 3D touch stuff. It sounds overly complicated to me, like the, the learning curve that's gonna because there's already a little bit of a learning curve with force touch just off the watch, just from what we've seen. Yeah. Um, the force touch on the trackpads on the Max didn't seem like it was weird because you still clicked it like a mouse. Like the function of it didn't really change, other than you got a couple other hidden Easter egg type actions. I feel like on the phone, getting force touch to work right will be one thing, but then having that additional deeper press to get to yet another layer of it just sounds confusing. It's like, oh, push kind of hard, but not too hard, and you get this one thing, but then push a little harder and you get this other thing. Like, how often are you going to be pushing too hard or not hard enough? And <laughs> there's, I know there's a handful of jokes. I'm reminded of my second ex-wife. <laughs> um, yeah, Apple doesn't usually do difficult right you know their stuff is usually the essence of simplicity so it's going to be interesting to see how this will actually work they've got to have some kind they've, they've got to have a solution for this uh, i i wonder it seems like there's there's a lot of potential solutions to this right so maybe highlighting the color of the screen directly around your finger to indicate how hard you're pressing right you could have like a green yellow and red level of of impact so you almost get like a little like a like a bubble. Yeah, just a little finger halo that shows up. Right. So kind of an orange for certain pressure, red for a harder pressure type thing. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yellow, orange, red, or something like that. I'm imagining typing on the keyboard and just getting these little like fireworks popping under your fingers. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The faster you type, the more fireworks you get. That's right. Fireworks always pop up under my fingers, though. I think it's because I'm fabulous. I heard that. That and those. That and that prescription you got from the doctor probably helps. <laughs> um, so yeah, one of the other things, you know, Glenn brought it up the uh, the 4K video recording. I'm I'm wondering if this is going to be one of those things that we just get another pain in the camera app, and that maybe 4K is going to be limited on duration. So you get like you know, square, panorama, regular picture, time lapse, slow mo, video. 4K video, and you just get that added one on the end. Um, and maybe it limits it to a minute of video at 4K at a time. Because I think there are going to be people who don't know enough about it, and they're like, oh, I'm just going to record this entire concert in 4K, and... 30 minutes in, they're done. Like, 30 minutes in, they're like, I can't receive text messages anymore because I have 0K left on my phone. Hmm... So, and of course that's Apple's fault. So, this is why it's a huge mistake to start at 16 Apple. Right. So, yeah. One thing that I kind of speculated about on Twitter, uh somebody had posted a thing they're like there's no way Apple's going to do 4K, there's not enough storage space, yada yada yada. 4K video takes up too much space. Years ago, Apple, and this is getting really kind of deep nerdy video, um Years ago, Apple released a video codec called ProRes 422. This was like pre-MP4 video on the web days. I mean, there was video on the web, but not popularly. And the idea of ProRes 422 was that it used a double compression, so it would compress the video and then compress the video again. So you could shoot HD video and get it down to the size of SD video. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Apple came out and said, we can do 4K but we found a way to make 4K videos more size-friendly. 
And while it sounds like, oh, it's great, you can fit more 4K video on your phone, what they're also going to do then is start to shape the video industry and how 4K is delivered, which then could mean that people are creating 4K content that's size-friendly, which also could stream to a device like a new Apple TV Mm -hmm. and deliver 4K content without the necessity of, like, gigabit, gigabit Ethernet or fiber channels to run your home internet. So I guess it makes me curious about why the presumed new Apple television is not, in fact, going to ship with 4K support, or so it sounds. Right, all indications are not. Seems like they would have wanted to push for that, right? Is it possible that it's a software restriction? Oh, certainly. Uh, that, if... It's capable of doing the 4K, but that it ships without, and then maybe when Apple launches, I don't know, a TV service. If if Chris is right about the processor, what what were you saying about the processor, Chris? Some, something about uh, an enhanced A9 chip in there? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I I can't. I mean, all the reports have been what an A8X, but I'm thinking for one one time, why not go for the gold and just put the most current processor in there, or even an overclock processor? You don't have to worry about battery power with a freaking Apple TV. Go for the gold, Apple. Or even heat. I mean, it's it's twice the size as a phone. You really wouldn't even have to worry about heat. Twice as thick, too. Give us give us an A9X. Give us an A9X. Yeah. And you also have to keep in mind that if Apple keeps their track record of Apple TV updates, you know, if they, if they go with an A8 that's already a year outdated, and then they don't update for three years, yeah. which hopefully we're, we're nearing a point where we're seeing the end of that, but at the same time, I don't really want to update my living room every year. Um, so I... I could see if they're going to keep on this two or three year upgrade cycle on something like an Apple TV. I mean, how long was the last Apple TV? Did we we discuss this at one point? It's like five years. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, five, maybe six even. So it's it's been rocking that same processor for several years. If if you're going to keep that kind of long upgrade cycle, why not, like Chris said, go whole hog and just put it in? Yeah, give me some power. You want me to pay $149 for this freaking thing, Apple? Give me an A9X. Or you know what? Let's jump. Let's go A10. Let's get crazy. Mm. Give it to me. Give me that power. Give me that power. You want that $149? Give me that power. I can do anything. And I will put that money out. I will find a credit card that has $149 left on it. And I will buy that damn thing. There you go. You heard it here first, folks. That's all I have to say about that. Um. Other uh, reports, claims, rumors. Um, iPhone, while we're still doing all the rumor stuff, iPhone allegedly a rose gold color, which they've been saying for a while, but as we get closer and closer, it sounds like that's more or less confirmed. Um, Austin Mann, who is a iPhone photographer, basically he's he's done a couple different photos that have ended up in Apple's shot on iPhone uh marketing stuff uh, and he's done a review of every iPhone since iPhone started being a photo thing like iPhone 5 issues when he started um, he's projecting a 12 megapixel camera no optical zoom force touch quick access to camera so when you're on the lock screen without even unlocking mm-hmm. your phone or waking the screen you could in theory force touch and it would recognize that gesture and pop open the camera. Well no there's a good there's a good use for force touch. I like that. That to me makes sense. Like um I had a a OnePlus 1 Android phone uh like a year ago and you could double tap the screen when the screen was totally off and it would wake the screen or you could draw a circle on the screen when the screen was off and it would bring up the camera. And I liked it but at the same time 
it's easy to accidentally kind of make a circle with your thumb. So the idea that you'd have to give some pressure to it instead of drawing on it when the screen was off would be really cool Ooh. to see it uh, mm. pop up. Mm. Um, other projections he has, faster burst mode. Faster processor. Faster processor. And that, that also, with if you're going to be doing 4K, they're going to have to give more RAM in that A9 chip. That's true. We're going to have to go to 2 gig at least. Yes. Otherwise, it's going to be woefully slow on processing anything. How much do you want to bet that they take a section of, of of the keynote just to talk about 4K, right? Shout out to the new 5K IMAX. Lead in to the supposed 4K 21-inch IMAX. Maybe some chatter about 4K support on the Thunderbolt display, which is hideously overdue for a refresh, having not been touched in years by Apple. So a retina display, but it'll be 4K. Retina display all the things, right? Maybe this is when it's going to finally happen, is a broad unroll of 4K support. That could do it. Could be the year of 4K. I mean, it seems like we're right on the verge of it anyway. Again, you heard it here first, kids. One other uh, interesting camera-related thing, well... We're still kind of on the video and camera stuff. Uh, there is a, a speculation that there might be some Siri integration with the camera. Like that you could prop your camera up on a tripod or something. And you could say, you know, hey Siri, take a picture. And it would then do like a five second countdown or three second countdown and then snap a burst of pictures. So kind of like the trigger works on the watch right now. But the idea that you could like... Do a group selfie, but with your voice. Well, that, that's going to make trips to Mount Rushmore so much fun. 13 people all at once screaming, <laughs> Hey Siri, take a picture! <laughs> and then the avalanche starts, and then you're all screwed. That's right. All those camera shutters and all the rocks start falling. All, all of Glenn's theories end in death. <laughs> we should discuss this someday. Not today, but because none of us are ready for that. But someday. Are there any other iPhone-related things, or should we move on to other devices that we think we're going to hear about? Actually, like, fully move on, since we've kind of bounced around a little. I've got just one other thing on the iPhone, and that's um, the use of Sapphire. So there, there have been on-again, off-again rumors that, that the new cameras on the new devices will slash won't have Sapphire lens displays anymore, or some level of Sapphire built into the front-facing display. Um, but I think tying in with that is the concern about durability, right? So how is Apple going to balance these fancy new 3D touch pressure-sensitive features while still maintaining the same or better glass durability? Um, is it going to be a rigid screen? Is it going to be a semi-flexible membrane? What's going to be going on with that? I would wager that if they don't do sapphire on the front of the iphone which i think because of the cost of sapphire that's been a reason that it's held off kind of i could be wrong but i think there i remember reading that somewhere that there was like a whole price thing that mm -hmm. manufacturing the sapphire is expensive they don't want the cost to go up they did use that ion x glass in the apple watch for the apple watch sport and then sapphire for the stainless and the gold but the ion x is supposed to be pretty scratch resistant and it works with the uh force touch now i know it's kind of a glass plexiglass whatever man-made whatever thing that's the technical term yes um but it wouldn't surprise me if they if that's one of the things if they don't say sapphire is the glass of the iphone success 
then they're going to be uh, promoting that it's Ionex glass, I think. Hmm. And to go with that, they are using the, from what the rumors are, the 7000 series aluminum, which is more durable. Um, so you're not going to have Ben Gate problems, if that's a thing. And hopefully, one last thing on the iPhone, I guess. Hopefully the uh, space gray is actually more like the space black of the iPhone 5. <laughs> because looking at my phone over the weekend, it's so silver. I just don't like it. I want it to be real dark. Real, real dark. Like my coffee. <laughs> like my iPhone? Like I like my coffee. Real, real dark. <laughs> real dark. Real dark and 125 degrees. Because that's how my iPhone's been running lately. <laughs> just hot. Yeah. Mine's been a little warm, so... And getting all sorts of weird messages, iOS nine related messages. Oh, did did you did you get that too? Yeah, the the update Sunday morning when I woke up. Weird bug. I was still up when it came out. Like we we were just leaving the bar. Huh, imagine that. And it was like there's a new update, and I was like, either somebody released the update at the wrong time, or this is a mistake. Yeah. And then I I checked the software update thing, and it was like there's no update, and I was like, all right, I'm going to bed. No. And got up in the morning. Yeah, I got one of those a few weeks ago on my iPad running iOS 9. I think it was beta 4. Hmm. And then it told me, and before beta 5 ever came out, like a week before, it told me there was an update. And so I checked and there wasn't anything. Then like two days later, it tells me my beta is out of date. It can no longer run it. I'll have to, you know, <laughs> restage, basically restage my iPad. That's uh, that's a pain. So, yeah, I ended up putting eight point four back on it and screw it. But I still got nine on the iPhone, and uh, and then this morning when I got up, it told me I needed to use my passcode instead of Touch ID because I hadn't used the phone in forty eight hours. False. Yeah, it's. Uh, did you did it restart by chance? Where it was like a. I don't. I mean, all it it was just sitting. I didn't even have it hooked up to charge or anything, hmm. and it was still like it, I had it fully charged last night, and I think it was it. 92% this morning or something. And it just, it, I, I saw that I've seen that a couple of times on iOS nine where it claims I haven't used it in 48 hours. Interesting. And I had in early betas, I had seen it where it, it, it told me outright I had to use the, the uh, passcode because I had restarted the phone. So it had rebooted sometime during the night. Hmm. I had that quite a bit on the early betas. Hopefully they're, they've got that fixed. Well, like we were all uh, messaging about earlier, the, uh, the theory or the hope is speculation is that, we're going to see the final beta slash production build, uh, the gold master mm -hmm. of it, of uh, iOS 9 and probably Mac OS X maybe. And I assume alongside iOS 9, we'll see watch OS 2 and all of that. And hopefully all of that comes out on Wednesday. So any, any last bugs that need squashing, Apple's got not a lot of time. Yeah. Not that they can't release a, you know, point oh, point one, or whatever release at some point. Didn't they do that with iOS eight? Wasn't there a point oh, point one? Almost immediately. Yeah, because yeah. there was something with Touch ID or something on the yep. fives or fives S's. I believe that. Yeah, I remember that. Correct. So, other things we're going to see, hopefully, on the ninth. Uh, what are you guys' uh, take on iPad Pro? Are we going to see it, or are we going to see it at an October event? Man, that's a good question. I I've been wondering the same thing about. Uh, El Capitan, to be honest. I'm not convinced that we're going to see El Capitan at this event, although they have in the past typically released both the OSX and iOS updates at the same time. Um, How about this? October for both 
the iPad Pro with iOS 9.1, as they've indicated, alongside El Capitan. And there's some interesting new ways they work together. Mm. Since we're just doing scientific Mm. wild-ass guesses here. This is entirely swag, but... I'll bet they mentioned the iPad Pro on Wednesday, but it's not going to actually release until October. Yeah, you, you might see some video and maybe a demo. But when it does release... They're going to talk about some features that nobody had any idea about because they won't headline this conference. Right. Well, and I, I think back to last year's, was it the September event? The October event. Which event did they do the Apple Watch? Whenever that was. That was that was alongside the iPhone, wasn't it? I think so. That's, I think that sounds right because it was yeah. like a huge event with all kinds of surprises in it. I think it was. I, I like to think that Apple got a really strong reaction to the watch using the iPhone event to kind of promo it kind of a kicker for it and they didn't i mean they didn't release the watch for eight months after that april yeah it was april april 25th it was out 24th it was out something like that so they debuted it in very early fall late summer and then didn't come out till spring exactly so so yeah if they if they showed the ipad pro and they were like look at this cool thing and all this cool stuff it does and we'll tell you more about it and here's a video, and they show the video, and you know, well, you'll find out more about this um, later this fall. Although, then, how bad, how bad will that hurt already sagging iPad sales? Would people have a tendency to hold off even if they weren't in the market for that huge uh, tablet? I don't or, know. or will they show? Will they show the iPad Mini Four Wednesday to kind of entice people to hit the stores? Mm. See, now you're playing a numbers game that I don't like. Well, it's probably <laughs> the whiskey talking, but... Uh, I, I could see either way. I could see it being a... They show the iPad as a, a teaser for an October event and then use that event to actually show it off along with a new iMac or whatever other uh, Mac-type stuff we get. Or I could see them saying, here it is, here's all the details about it, but it's not available, like, even giving the launch date, it's available November 10th or whatever they choose. Um, There's a bunch of rumors that it won't be out until November. Right. Mm -hmm. So they could show it off now, and maybe they just scrap the idea of an October event. So, well, that would be the other thing, too, is maybe we're not going to see as many iPhone-related things. Maybe it'll be kind of a, here's a quick checklist checklist of things coming although the force touch unless the new ipad also has force touch 3d touch whatever they call it then maybe that becomes your we're going to show off this new technology at this event it just seems like thinking about all the things that could be announced at this event that it's going to be a very long ordeal or you're not going to get enough about any one product because there's a whole nother product we haven't really gotten into that I have a feeling they're going to spend some time on. I don't know. Maybe we won't see iPads. And if we don't see iPads of any sort, then it doesn't hurt sales. People keep buying. But it all goes back to that. The people that are probably in the market right now for an iPad are either doing their research and know that there's a possibility there's another iPad coming. Mm -hmm. Or they don't care enough and they're like, yeah, give me whatever one's on sale. I'll take last year's iPad Air. I don't care. So, and there are some good deals on the iPad Air right now. There are. 
Yeah. So. I don't know. That's uh, I think the uh, iPad is a wild card on Wednesday. Yeah, that's going to be. We'll have to see. The uh, the device I'm most hopeful for is probably the one that needs the most attention. And as we were talking about with the Apple TV and the processor bump and everything else, I think it's the Apple TV and the ecosystem that goes along with the Apple TV. Oh, sweet jobs, yes. And the uh, the big clue we got this week as to what might be happening with Apple TV actually came in the form of a Twitter account. Uh, App Store Gaming mm-hmm. became a Twitter handle, and it's officially run by Apple, and it is basically just promoting apps and or games in the App Store, right? Right. Yeah. And to me, it doesn't make sense that that would be a featured handle that they would utilize unless they really think, hey, gaming's an important thing, and you know where the best place to play games is? On your couch, on your giant TV, not on your four-and-a-half-inch phone or five-inch phone. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're going to see Apple TV updated with a an app store uh, mostly focused on gaming and video content. I agree. I agree. Seems right. I mean, all all indications are the new remote's going to have some gaming features. It's going to be uh, a lot of people have said it's going to be motion controller type thing with the gaming buttons. So that's going to be one thing I can't wait to see about. Well, I, I saw a couple of things. One thing I, I've I've thought about quite a bit, and this has come about from playing games on my iPhone, and then we were in Kansas City over the weekend. And I was at a uh, we were visiting some friends, and he has a Roku where the controller for the Roku, like the remote for the Roku, you turn it sideways and it's actually like a basic controller. You get up, down, left, right, and an A and B. Uh-huh. So you can play like some basic games on it. And I was like, well, Apple could do something like that. But then I'm sitting down, you know, downstairs with the Xbox controller and I'm like, there's a lot of buttons on here. And hardcore gaming requires a very different type of controller than a remote. Uh, so then it, it raises the question, what does Apple do for more serious games because I think if they're going to try to make this more than just Angry Birds on your TV because I don't think that'll sell well as a console type thing it's going to have to have some some cool games and you need more of a controller than that so does Apple release their own controller does Apple say we have a great partnership with some third party companies who are already making controllers for the iPhone and now you can get some controllers like that for your Apple TV or even those controllers for your Apple TV. I was going to say, yeah, even the ones that are already available. So to me, that's that's where that gets kind of questionable and curious for me. Well, I think uh, hmm. an, an app or you know, game-enabled Apple TV could definitely at least kick Nintendo's ass. Or it would definitely put, I don't, they're not going to beat them, but they're going to put a big dent in their piece of the pie. They're going to take a little little hunk away from them. So this goes back to the text I think I sent you guys last week. What if, instead of kicking Nintendo's ass, they've actually cuddled up with it? And what if, at the Ooh, event... Yes. next to Nintendo's ass. Yes! What if the, the big shock and awe, instead of Infinity Blade, which I feel like they've shown off a couple times... Or Zen Garden, instead of one of those to show off, what if you get somebody from Nintendo up on stage at an Apple event, and the big announcement is that they've taken 
some of the things about like the Wii and Wii U and implemented them into the Apple TV so that you get that kind of experience. And and did they show a little plumber with a mustache that, in a game? And and as a sweet deal to you know kind of top it all off, Nintendo is making Apple their official uh, game partner for their games outside of their consoles. Whether it's remaking old games or making new games in the future that Nintendo could actually kind of create a partnership with Apple because I think that's probably the only way Nintendo is going to compete with Sony and Microsoft at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't actually see it happening, but I hope I'm wrong. I I don't know. Something about it just feels like the type of move, if Apple was really going to be serious about gaming and they were like, check it out. It's an Apple TV with Super Smash Brothers on it. Like think of the crowd that's at that event and the type of people that would invest in that for 150 bucks. Totally, totally worth it. Incredible. Well, that again, that comes back to, if they can do that, then yeah, just take my money. Yep. Um, and also the nice thing about that is some of those games don't require nearly the, uh, like some of the old Nintendo games. If they remade those, you're going to automatically get people onto the device and using it to play games, but they don't require the processing power of some of your more hardcore games. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're talking Nintendo, even their, their Wii was wasn't cutting edge when it was introduced. There's not that much processing power there. I don't think I don't think an an A9 or you know anything like that would have a problem handling any of that. And, and their graphics were never meant to be super realistic. They were always kind of cartoony, boxy, and that was okay. And people loved it and played it. Right. I think Nintendo could do that. And from the teaser earlier, here's my thought on more elaborate games. Dun dun dun. So the uh, world of Steam, which is the what online gaming store for PC and Mac, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. They now have two devices, Steam Link and the Steam Machine, I believe. And the Steam Machine is an actual physical console that hooks to your TV and it like runs Linux and you download games to it, has internal storage, everything else. The Steam Link actually hooks to your TV and the game files actually live on your computer. And using your local network, it pulls some of it onto the device when it needs to play the game, but some of the content lives on your computer and streams across. This is where a Mac still makes sense. And something like a MacBook that's light that you could have downstairs on the couch, you know, next to you that has great battery life, super convenient to use that could hold your game mm. actual like the game and then using some type of like Wi-Fi connected thing actually like use the Apple TV as the TV connection for it and it still renders most of it but some of your more heavy computer processing happens on the Mac. You don't think that's too complicated? I, I think to and not to say that you couldn't still have it where you could store the games on your Apple TV. Because there is you know, speculation it's going to be 8 or 16 gig or maybe even both right. of onboard storage. But that for some of your bigger games, they require a Mac. You know, we require a, a Mac with whatever the requirements are for continuity and handoff. And that somehow through that type of technology, combination of Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, it could uh, support the game. And I, like I said, I don't know, I don't know how Steam works with their set-top box 
link thing because I don't right. play any games on Steam and I don't have one of these boxes. But the idea that that Steam is already doing it or pushing to do it and kind of use that as their way into the living room, let PC gamers play their PC games on their TV. If you if Apple could do something similar to that with the Apple TV, they could compete with Steam in the gaming space and then ultimately compete with PC gaming and with console gaming. I think Mr. Kunzler is being awful quiet on this subject. I, I'm just I'm just taking it all in. This is, <laughs> this is a fascinating idea that I have not considered. We yet. have reached the outer limits. Mr. Kunzler has not considered this. This this was thought impossible up until today. This is this is getting my brain all steamed up. <laughs> <laughs> this this would be a delightful partnership. This this would make my freaking year this would be that that would be epic beyond all reason that's why he didn't weigh in he had his mic turned off and he was squealing like an excited little kid on christmas he, he knew the <laughs> decibels would be too much for human ears so he was considerate enough to turn it off <laughs> on the bright side there aren't any birds in a three block radius now so that's good well, that's always good at least you took care of that so so steam link bring your existing collection of pc games with you to your living room simply connect steam link to your tv or home network or and home network and access your full library of games and the complete steam catalog all from the best seat in the house but the games actually live on your computer so if the apple tv could do the same thing but also give you some onboard storage because like the steam machine gives you all the same things with steam link plus it has the onboard storage so you can load games onto it if they could do the same thing with an apple tv you'd basically have a head-to-head for the living room that Apple could easily kind of take over. And if there's an app store, it's possible that Steam could even make an app and let you access your games through the Apple TV that are on your Mac, on Steam. I like the idea. I hope you're right. Oh, yes. I don't see it, but I hope I'm wrong. I don't know. That's what happens when you're in a car for like eight and a half hours. Like, you just start thinking, (laughs) well, what if this weird thing happened? Yeah, yeah. Any other uh, big rumors, speculations, thoughts? I think we're good there. That was a good conversation. You just, you just, you just blew my mind, guys. <laughs> Your mind, it is blown. <laughs> so, uh, Apple's event is Wednesday the 9th at, what is it, 10 a.m. Pacific? Pacific, yeah. Convert for your 1, local mm-hmm. time. 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central. Eleven twenty-seven in Utah. They start late there. Yeah. Um, I I see one last uh, news type thing in the show notes that <laughs> I believe Chris added, and uh, all it says is never too early for an iPhone seven rumor. <laughs> oh hell yes! This is this is from Mister Ming Chi Cool. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, cool, cool. He was with KGI, and he's usually reliable. Although on some of the stuff like this where he's reaching out a year away, he gets a little iffy. But um, he's saying that the next iPhone, which would be iPhone 7 for you, those of you keeping score at home, will be uh, just about the same thickness as the iPod Touch. So it's about six, between six and six and a half millimeters to compare the the current six and six plus or 6.9 and 7.1 millimeters respectively. So shaving off half a millimeter or more, potentially? Yeah. And it'll still supposedly feature the same force touch technology that's going to 
supposedly show on Wednesday with the iPhone 6S. Um, he's saying uh, Apple's going to stick with the in-cell panels, um, but they don't expect to see a 4K display in the 7. See, and that's where I have the hard time with this 4K video thing. If you don't have a 4K display, what's the point of shooting the 4K video? Right. Like I get it. You can play it to, if if you can't play it on an Apple TV at 4K, and you can't play it on your iPhone at 4K, and you can only use it on your iMac at 4K, which is limited to a, a small amount of iMacs, really. Right. That's why the 4K thing doesn't make sense. I feel like yeah. you'd have to have the 4K iPhone display and the 4K Apple TV for that to start to make sense. Yeah. But what do I know? Hmm. I'm just a kid. Well, I'm an old man, and it doesn't make sense to me, so... All right, fair enough. doesn't make sense to anybody, then. So it covers all age frames. So uh, we've kind of th- talked about all the rumors and what we think is going to be announced on Wednesday, but what do you guys think for the next year, so from Wednesday's event through whenever next September's iPhone event is, what do you guys think Apple will roll out slash what would you like to see them roll out? Even if it's like completely out there, probably not going to happen. What would you like to see? Definitely a new Thunderbolt display. That's way, way, way long coming. Um, I honestly don't think it's going to happen this fall, but I would really be hoping for it as a long shot. Any new things in the world of Mac? I don't think we're going to see much. Um, the, The big stuff... I think they've really already got rolling out. Yeah, um, I think it's just going to be processor other than improvements. Maybe like maybe you're rolling out 4K to more things like the 21-inch iMac or something like that. I don't think we're going to see new processors this year, um, even though there are some shiny new Intel processors in development that will be available soon. Um, it's probably going to be next year before we're going to see them actually go live. All right. Chris, what about you? Huh. I've kind of avoided the Apple Watch because it's first generation, although it hadn't stopped me before. Um, what I really want to see is a thinner Apple Watch. Maybe a cheaper Apple Watch would be nice, says my billfold. Really? Mm. I mean, I'm, I've kind of been concentrating on this damn event on Wednesday for the last three or four weeks. So I haven't really tried to look ahead. So that's about as far as I can go right now. Check check on Thursday. No, maybe I'll have something. Maybe we'll touch base maybe, again next week I, about if, this. Yeah, if I'm not taking a nap on, on Thursday to try to make up for Wednesday, um, check with me. All right. Um, How about you, sir? I think that I would like to see either more of the MacBook in maybe a, a larger size or that same concept go to some of the other size Macs. That would be nice. Um I would like to see if they're gonna if they're really truly honestly pushing USB C as the connectivity of the future. I would Ooh. like to see USB C to make it to some other devices. Maybe not as the sole connector, maybe it's not the only port, but at least seeing it make its way there so that I can start investing in some of these stupid dongles ahead of time. <laughs> Because there's nothing worse than like, oh, I just got a new computer. Oh, crap. Now I need to go buy $90 worth in adapters. So, yeah, if we could see USB-C make it to, to some other things. I would like to see if if 4K is, th- is going to happen on the iPhone and you have the 5K iMac and they do a 4K iMac at the 21-inch, I would like to see a 4K 
MacBook of some variety. Maybe it's time for the 17-inch to come back. Oh, that'd be sweet. A 17-inch MacBook Pro with a 4K monitor. That could be cool. Although, I feel like at 17 inches, that would be a little terrifying with how thin they're making these. So, somewhere in there, there's a little bit of uncertainty. But I, I think that there's there's some Mac things to be done. Um, and I also I agree with Glenn. I think a 4K Thunderbolt display or USB-C display, maybe that's what it is. A 4K USB-C display comes out. And then you could also mm. offer USB-C on an updated Mac Mini that supports 4K. And so really pushing Retina and 4K on all the things. That would be incredibly cool. The year of 4K. That's right. And we didn't have to wait 2,000 more years for it. Exactly. So that's that's my thought beyond Wednesday's event. The other thing at Wednesday's event that I'm really hoping we see is some improvements to Siri. I still want the uh, Amazon Echo-esque response of Siri on all of my things. I want to be able to say, hey, lady, and have my iPhone respond. Without See, I'm am- I'm amazed that this is the first time we've actually mentioned. So we're what um, an over an hour, or yeah, almost an hour into the podcast. The first time Siri has been mentioned. We've discussed this the last couple of podcasts. Siri's been a big, uh, or at least a, a couple of minutes worth of uh, talk about what we might see on Wednesday about Siri. I mean, it is it, you know she is featured on the uh, graphic. Technically, I brought up Siri with the camera. Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. For some reason, we, we usually stay longer on anybody brings up Siri. It's, it seems like we all have a crush on her, so I don't know. I think we, we kind of <laughs> really kicked on it. Although although Alexa's kind of took part of my love away from Siri. I think we kind of touched on a lot so. of this last week, too, with the uh, the Apple TV stuff. I, th- I think that you're going to see Siri on it. Yeah. And the idea of this universal search and whatever that comes to the Apple TV, and you can just say to your TV... I want to watch Nashville and whatever sources have Nashville come up. If you install an app, it could somehow search through that app. Kind of this app, that app linking thing that you can do with iOS Mm nine. If it's that same technology within the Apple TV, then maybe the NBC app that I downloaded on my Apple TV could come up and say, Hey, you were looking for Nashville. It's available on here. And then it also would come up on, then the ABC app says, hey, wait a minute, that's our show. Whatever. I knew what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> too many shows, too many channels. Network television. And then the lawyer app pops up and says, I can sue them for you. Yeah, okay, ABC hey, app. Siri, file a lawsuit. <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> oh, Siri understands lawsuits. Trust me on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she filed one against Chris. You know, those harassments, these are nasty ones, too. They don't tend to go away. Yeah, she works for Apple. She knows what's going on. So what, whatever whatever it is, if there was a way that I could say, show me this show, and it went out and said, it's on Hulu, it's on Netflix, it's on this app, and did that, I think it's there. But I really think that, I think part of the invitation is just because Apple's being clever and saying, look, we put all these, you know, Easter eggs inside of Siri when you ask her to give you a hint. And I also think that it's it might point to, you know, maybe better linking with all this proactive stuff. And like I said, for me, it's it's all about I want to be able to access Siri easier than having to press and hold the home button. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One other thing that I want to see this year, whether it's at the September 9th event or later this year, Chris wants to see a cheaper, thinner Apple Watch. I want to see more bands. 
And rumor is we might see some on the ninth, but I don't know. Right. And I want not just sport pants. I want a classic buckle with the sport finish for the lug. Because I would like a leather band for my watch, but I don't want the lugs to be stainless. Because I think they sold a lot of sport watches, I'm guessing. Yeah. And they would have a lot easier time selling those bands if they were capable of doing it for the sport. So that's my thought on that. Any other important things before we do our somethings? I can't think of anything, which which means there's 20 other things. Probably. But... It's all right. We'll, we'll have a full, hopefully, recap show of the event uh, next week. We'll talk about all the things Apple announced. So in the event that you don't read it on the news, you don't, or in the news, you don't see it on the TV. In the event you spend a week in the wilderness, come back here for the latest in news. Yeah, if, if if you decide that all you're going to do is listen to our podcast, and that's the only way you're going to get your information, next week we'll tell you all about what is announced at the event. Yeah. And we like you. We really like you. Yeah. All right, so some things of the week. Mine is Daisy Disc 4. It's a great little utility that will scan all of your Mac hard drives and uh, will show you kind of graphically in a, a round graphic with little pie sections and little swirls. And it, it works better than I just described it. What it does, it tells you, shows you basically what your largest directories are. You can click on the wedge. It'll go down into that directory. It'll show you another graphic that shows you what's in that directory or the subdirectories. So you get an idea of what's eating space up on your hard drive. You may have crap on there you haven't used in years. And I'm speaking of experience. And it'll show you what's on there. You can delete it if you want to right from within the interface. Or at least you know where to look to be able to move it off to another to an external driver or, or check it out later to see if you really need it. It uh, Every time I use it, I use it about once a month, and every time I do it, I, I get at least two or three gig back. And uh, with all the crap I have on my hard drive, that, that adds up to a lot. So uh, it is... Uh, I should have it up here, but of course I didn't. It, uh, it's recently improved. It's just went version 4. Uh, it's only nine ninety nine. It's available in the Mac App Store. We will have that link for you, or you can get it off the Daisy Disk website. If you already have uh, version three, you can get. Uh, I believe with you the update is free. So I know I had version three point something or other, and it updated for me free. So uh, it's a great little utility to check out. I've been using it since version one. I wouldn't have a Mac without it. So uh, check it out. Beautiful. And Mr. Glenja. Mine this week is a uh, a very clever new Star Wars toy made by Spiro uh, that resembles the BB-8 droid from the new Star Wars The Force Awakens movie. Uh, it's essentially a little round robotic ball with a, a kind of floating magnetic head, um, but it does some really cool things that I've, that I've never really seen an iOS toy do before. It's got some voice control built in. It can listen to and react to your voice. It's got a patrol mode, which is, is really cool. Um, it, it goes into character. It gets all the the voices and beeps that you might see with that character in the movie, and it can kind of patrol around your house and get freaked out by your cat and all that stuff, which is kind of fun. Um, you can record Star Wars-style holographic communications using the iOS app and then have it project those later, so it it looks like uh, maybe you want something to some some certain princess to say you're you're her only hope or something of that nature. You can make that happen. Um, 
basically the coolest movie tie-in toy that I have seen this year. And it, it has its own personality that adapts over time. Uh, really advanced stuff. Comes on a very cool charging dock that looks very Star Wars-esque. Uh, looks like it should be a lot of fun. And that's how much? It's $150. For the price of an Apple TV. There you go. Gonna be. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those hot Christmassy things this year. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yes. My something of the week is an iOS app that I found out about. I had heard of it before, but I found out more about it through uh, Federico Vitici over at Mac Stories, and it's what he uses to do all of his writing and it's an app called editorial it's 9.99 in the ios app store just kind of a lot for an ios app especially when you consider that it is basically just a text editor but what's cool about it is that you can actually build workflows within it so you could write something in editorial and then build the workflow that's like take this link and put it in here and shorten it this way and then uh, use this text and then tweet this whole message with that link and this text or take all of this and convert it to HTML and then upload it to my blog as a draft so that I can publish it later, which is how I've been using it is I can do all my writing in, in editorial, type it all up. You can do all your stylizing things using Markdown, which is really simple uh, web language, basically. And then I just click a button and it puts it out there as a draft. And then I can log in on the computer and all the writing and all the formatting is already done and ready to go. So it's a cool app for I guess bloggers and nerds so kind of a specialized thing but for 10 bucks I, I gave it a shot and I really like it so check that out it's a fun way to do it anything else exciting before we call it a wrap mm. Reuben sandwiches that's that's all I have to say Reuben sandwiches I had some delicious barbecue this weekend <laughs> well Kansas City of course and, and that was that was all I needed not a big Reuben sandwich person, but... I enjoyed the daily food. So, with that, uh, my thanks to both of you, mm-hmm. as usual, for for being here. And if anyone is interested in getting all the things we talked about, links to the things we talked about, you can go to the uh, show notes at magnificentpodcast.com slash 18, because it's the 18th episode. And well, only two more and we'll hit 20. That's right. They said it couldn't be done. And... uh from there you'll get links like i said to all the things we talked about all the different rumors and speculations and stuff and you can also find a link there to subscribe if you're not subscribed and when you subscribe you could also leave us a rating or review because we appreciate that uh if you have a question for us you can tweet at us with the hashtag ask magnificent you can follow us all on the twitter machines i'm at ian fuchs chris is at cl Hauk. glenn is at the glenja and the show is at Magnificent FM. And with that, once again, I thank you two for joining me. Thanks for having us. And uh, we will catch you both next week. All right. Have a great one. They thought the authorities would finally stop us. So far, no jack-booted government types have showed up my door. <laughs>